you're tuned in to the Tin Roof Farm Radio Show, a podcast from Greenville, South Carolina, on all things food, beverage, locally roasted coffee, and craft beer. I'm John Malik, the lesser half of Greenville's best-loved chef couple, John and Amy Malik, and we're broadcasting from our Tin Roof Farm in Piedmont, South Carolina. Thank you for listening, and welcome to the show. Shall we start with an apology or an excuse? And I think I'll go with the apology. Y'all, it's me. It's uh, Chef John Malik uh, coming to you from Tinru Farm. And uh, yeah, I know it's been a few months, and you have my sincere apologies for not keeping up with the podcast. Uh, the last episode of the show I recorded, it was uh, the one right after the Euphoria Food and Wine Festival. That one received well over a thousand plays, and um, I was thrilled, terribly excited. And could not wait to get to the next one. And um, unfortunately, after that, uh, business really picked up at the restaurant. And my job got in the way. Um, Fancy that, right? Look, a chef's position is akin to being a deep-sea diver. The only way to get the job done is to relish life in the deep end. And my fall and winter uh, was totally consumed by work. Uh, Nothing the matter with that. Um... But some things got pushed to the side, uh, and my family was not one of them. It was the podcast. Look, I'm not complaining. I love the job as a chef of the loft at Sobeys. Uh, it was cool because every night I got a new group of customers, and uh, different different group, and typically they're celebrating something, and, and it was all great fun. And then, of course, in mid-March, everything just kind of ground to a halt. And, boy, how many of us out there thought it would be six weeks, and then we'd be back to work? Um, yeah, right. I can hear some of y'all laughing out there. So we had a meeting at work and I took a voluntary two-month furlough because our our events business uh, just sort of disappeared overnight. Um, I made all these plans for my time off and gave myself some goals and I was going to do, you know, all kind of good things. And unfortunately, I fell victim to the onslaught of grim news. And in no time, I was meandering through the day you know, just kind of waiting for the next grim news report and having a few beers at 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, hopefully I'm not the not the only one that was doing that. And uh, boy, the, the, I'll tell you what, when you sit on the street corner waiting for bad news, the bad news will find you. Uh, fortunately, um, I was hired by a startup restaurant in Sumter, South Carolina, a place called Carolina Grove. They had opened in January of this year. And, of course, it closed up in early March, like everybody else. Uh, they, they weren't happy with the direction they were going. They parted ways with their chef and uh, scratched their head and looked around and found me and then uh, gave me a phone call. And um, it was great because I suddenly had purpose again, and I spent the, the better part of two months going back and forth to Sumter um, consulting. So as playing the part of restaurant coach, uh, staying in downtown Sumter on, on their main street and working with the staff at Carolina Grove and and getting them focused on their strengths and refining their southern hospitality as well as their menu. Sumter is about uh, 45 minutes or so east of Columbia. Uh, it's home to Shaw Air Force Base. So um, Shaw is the largest, has the largest um, gathering of F-16s, the Air Force's frontline fighter. So it's a, it's a big... Um, it's a big part of the community, 
And that was kind of cool um, to be down there when the F-16s were in the air. Um, air as I'm somewhat of an uh, airplane geek, right? Sumter also has some old-school southern charm to it. It's beautiful downtown, and it's got a, a great park. And at this, at this park, they've got the, the, um, it's the only place in the world where you can see all eight varieties of swan, and it's called Swan Lake. And I did not know that there were eight varieties of swan. Uh, Jim Mays and his dad, Jim III, are owners of the Carolina Grove. So if you find yourself down in Sumter, Monday through Saturday, they're lunch and dinner. Uh, stop in, have, have, um, have a meal with them, and tell them you heard about it on the Tin Roof Farm radio show. So that job wrapped up in mid-June. We took a vacation. We had been planning one, something special. And uh, we went out to see um, some of our national parks in uh, the Wyoming, Montana area. Uh, one was uh, Grand Teton, and the other one was Yellowstone, and it was a, a fabulous trip. Um, we've been camping for a while, so we're experienced uh, tent campers. Uh, occasionally, we've borrowed uh, a small RV, and um, when we were at Yellowstone, we, we did RV share and rented a, um, a, a nice RV and uh, um, a, a trailer-type RV, and it was so much fun and, and uh, saw some amazing sights. You ever get the chance to go to, um, I think my favorite park was Grand Teton, only because of the majesty of it. Uh, Yellowstone is quite different. Um, you, know, you know, Yellowstone is, is the original state park. Excuse me. Yellowstone is the original national park. It was Teddy Roosevelt's idea to start a national park system. Uh, Yellowstone is also the largest of our national parks, and it's also the most visited Yellowstone is quite dangerous between the <laughs> the enormous animals they have down there and the 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 thermal nature of of a of a great majority of Yellowstone and um it's crazy I kind of saw Yellowstone when we left I was like you know what it's because of it gets so many visitors there's long lines there's traffic there's many poor choices of clothing by the majority of the visitors uh, they come unprepared without without hiking essentials, without carrying water, without understanding um, the nature of wild animals. They, you know, so many people we saw came in there, thought it was like a zoo. They were just treating it like a zoo, and they endangered themselves and their children. And over and over and over, we saw it. And I kind of see Yellowstone as maybe a Martian version of Disney World, right? <laughs> so anyway, enough about that. We had a fabulous time. Uh, and if you, if you want to know, uh, any, any details, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, so anyway, after the job in Sumter ended, um, I had a few emails from some fans out there. Um, they just kind of piled up asking about the podcast, but I guess because of the, the whole lockdown, uh, and one fan told me that I still had lots of stories to tell. And I thought, you know what? She was right. Um, so... How about we start with the story of Ralph? Um, so Ralph, when we bought Tin Roof Farm, um, it was with a purpose of having our own hobby farm and growing as much of our own food as possible. And which is which is uh, for any chef with high aspirations, that's probably a goal that most of us have. Uh, the farm when we found it, it already had a small barn. And uh, after we moved in, the next thing we did was set about getting the barn habitable for chickens. And uh, fortunately, we had neighbors 
who already had chickens, and, and my wife and I had some experience with chickens uh, through our grandparents. Um, so after a couple of months, our neighbors, Dawn and Lou, they gave us four chickens. One of them was a rooster that we named Ralph. And uh, both Amy and I um, were excited to have chickens, and as they got a little bit older, we started to get eggs. And that was so cool. Um, the thing about roosters, though, is that roosters, as they get older, they can become aggressive, uh, especially towards small kids or the hens. Some roosters can be tough on their hens. Chicken sex is not very pleasing to the eye. Uh, it tends to be rough, and usually it's over in less than 15 seconds. And uh, the, the way it happens is the, um, the rooster will, will clutch onto the back and sometimes stand on the back of the hen. And if, and if a hen is not fond of a particular rooster, they can fight and end up, um, uh, and the hen is going to be the loser. And that was never Ralph. Um, Ralph was a very good rooster. He looked after his hens, usually let them eat first. And if he found something, uh, some sort of treat outside, like if I had rolled over a log and there was a bunch of earthworms that were visible, Ralph had this way of calling over the hens. And then he would, he would stand back and watch them eat. Uh, he never threatened any small kids that visited, visited the farm. And, and we had plenty, right? <laughs> and uh, when we did have company, typically he would get up high on a log or a fence post or something like that and, and, and crow. And uh, almost as if he was saying, you know, introducing himself and, and asking uh, the visitors to be proud of, of the farm. So he's, that's him crowing at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's that's his voice, and uh, I tell you, a good rooster can make all the difference in one's egg production. Uh, so long as the hens are happy and they're cared for, um, the egg production can go high, and Ralph was a very good rooster. Uh, sadly, about four weeks ago, uh, Ralph got an eye infection, and we did our best to treat it. Uh, over the past few years, we've successfully treated a variety of our farm animals, cured lots of uh, ailments, and uh, we got pretty good at frontier medicine and recognizing different things. And uh, sadly, you know, we weren't able to save Ralph. The eye infection, uh, as his eye started to weep, um, the fluid got into his sinuses and uh, then into his lungs, and um, a respiratory infection in a hen house can devastate a flock uh, because they sleep so close to one another um, at night and a respiratory disease, one hen sneezes in the middle of the night and they could all have it the next morning and we could have lost our entire flock. Uh, sadly, we had to put Ralph down. And that was, that was tough because we, we um, as I said, we've, we've got experience with, with uh, chickens prior and we didn't, we try not to, we try to treat them as, uh, as farm animals and not pets. But we were still good to them and, um, our hens have been noticeably quiet since Ralph left us. Uh, we do, thankfully, we have a young rooster out there right now. Uh, he's not at sexual maturity yet. He's not crowing yet. Uh, but when that happens, I think we're going to start calling him R2. Uh, <laughs> our mornings have not been the same without uh, Ralph's familiar voice. Typically, he would start crowing between quarter to five and quarter to six. Um, I guess depending on how late of a night he had the night before. Uh, and so we, we miss him, but uh, I'm going to keep his voice at the, that, that's his call at the beginning of the show, and I think I'm just going to keep it right there for now. Well, as this 
coronavirus doesn't seem interested in moving along uh, like so many others. Now I'm, I'm uh, presently unemployed. And I tell you, a check from the unemployment office does not replace a job. Uh, it doesn't replace one's sense of self-worth. It does not replace the joy of exercising one's skill set. Uh, hopefully I'll return to Sobeys in the near future. Um, in the meantime, I've begun searching for a new consulting gig here in the upstate or beyond. So if you have a friend in the business that could use uh, an outside voice, a uh, guy like me with a whole lot of experience, a helping hand uh, with some executive level experience, and, and I certainly know the value of discretion, please mention my name. Um, the folks at uh, Carolina Grove did not mind me um, talking about them and, and saying that, that they had um, uh, reached out to me. So, um, But in the past, I've worked with other restaurants and food and beverage operations that have asked for um, discretion or have signed a um, non-disclosure. Anyway, with that in mind, let's talk about cheeseburgers for a minute. Uh, before coronavirus, you know me from, I uh, was writing some monthly essays for Ion Greenville. And during the lockdown, those became quarantine kitchen videos. Hopefully y'all saw some of those. Only managed to get two of the videos done before I went down to uh, Sumter. Uh, however, my, my uh, last essay for Ion Greenville um, was, was easily the most popular. <laughs> and uh, it was about my search for the most ethereal burger in Greenville. And leading up to that story, I, I probably spent a couple months, um, you know, going out to lunch one day a week, and uh, I had 17, 17 or 18 burgers, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, as two of, two of those places, sadly, have since closed down, I uh, wasn't planning on mentioning the ones that I didn't find um, very mentionable. Two of my favorites, though, and I'm sure my listeners will agree, is GB&D and hip burger and they're if you if you've had a, either of those burgers you know that they're very representational of a typical burger they don't uh, so to speak gild the lily a burger has its roots so why were these two my most popular so a burger has its roots as a working man's lunch right just a simple sandwich that could be served on the sidewalk soft roll with a quickly grilled meat patty maybe a few le- uh, lettuce leaves some pickled cucumber and perhaps a slice of tomato. I would venture to guess that an early uh, burger probably was simpler than that. Maybe it just had lettuce in it and salt and pepper in in the bun. Uh, Naturally, in a modern city now, one can find burgers that aspire to greatness via continental ingredients and refined presentations, and that's great and and dandy. Uh, But that also sort of ignores a burger's basic and humble mission. Uh, the, the burgers at GB&D and Hipburger, they both pay homage to one of life's simple culinary pleasures. And they offer a memorable burger that's also just a burger. I can hang a nice set of silk drapes over my Maytag washing machine all day long. But, you know, eventually I'm going to have to get some dirty laundry done, right? <laughs> and so, when you, even though I've hidden it behind drapes, it's still just a, it's still just a washing machine. And that's what's cool about the burgers at GB&D and Hipburger. There's no silk drapes involved, right? Just a perfectly executed burger and handmade fries. That's the critical part as well. You know, I mean, what's a burger without fries? And it's too easy to open to, you know, to get a box of fries from your Cisco or U.S. Foods rep and just drop them in the fryer, heat them up. That's all you're doing. You're not cooking them. 
and then and then serve them. Um, but you know, if you're if you're a fan of Five Guys, right? Um, Five Guys goes to great lengths to make their own French fries, and that's what's so great about that place. So it's not hard to do to make fries. It does re- require uh, an additional level of planning and execution. So that's what's so great about the burger at Hip Burger and the burger at GB&D is this, I think they're perfect representations of what a burger should be. So we all know where GB&D is, correct? It's uh, at the Commons on the Reedy River next to the, you know, the same space as the, as the bake room and methodical coffee and community tap. Um, and I believe they're open five days a week. So Hip Burger is a food truck. You can find uh, their truck on Facebook or you can find their website, hipburger.com. And they're also working on a brick-and-mortar location that's going to be um, on uh, Butler Road in Malden. And how cool will that be when Hip Burger has a brick-and-mortar location? So I'm going to keep this uh, first returning podcast uh, short and sweet and leave you with a promise that I will be back shortly with a guest interview and some fresh insight into our town's dining scene four months into this godforsaken coronavirus society that we're living in right now. I love Greenville. Y'all do us all a favor and wear the mask. Remember when you wear the mask, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for your fellow human being. It's a simple thing to do. Just wear the mask. And thank y'all so much for listening. The Tin Roof Farm Radio Show is a production of Jack Russell Social Media. And our music is all gussied up by John Starcluster. Thank you for listening.